Brothers and sisters, this is Brother Joe. I'm so glad you joined me for the Lord's Word of God today. And today's message is brought to you through the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit. The message today is how love for God and fear of God go hand in hand to be a servant of the Lord. And so we have to ask ourselves, first off, why do we love God? Well, the answer is clear in the word. It says in 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. Amen. Amen. And Ephesians 5, 2, it reads, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. Amen. Amen. We owe our Lord and Savior everything, our whole life. We love him for the love that he showed us for being obedient unto death on that cross to pay our penalty. He was buried and rose. And so the word is clear. If we repent and are baptized in the name of Jesus, we will receive the Holy Spirit. And so it is our goal in life to continue in repentance, to serve God and please him and do his will. And God the Father, to give up his only begotten son, to send him from heaven, incarnated in human form, to die that painful suffering death for our sins. The love he has for us is it's just incredible. It's just like that song, Amazing Grace. It is amazing grace. Amen? Amen. So today, I want to look at a couple examples of love for our God and fear of our God and how God recognizes it and expects us all to use these examples to be like these great men of God in the Bible. And so the first example we'll look at is found in the book of Acts, chapter 21. And to put this in context, the Holy Spirit has told many people that are serving him, that are men of God, that if Paul goes to Jerusalem, he's going to be bound and put in chains and go to prison. And so everyone is encouraging Paul not to go because they fear that he may lose his life. And ultimately he does. So we're going to read what Paul tells them in verse 13. Paul says, For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen, brothers and sisters. That's enormous love, right? That's the love Jesus had for us, right? He died for our sins. And here Paul has that same agape love, the greatest kind of love that you can have. That's Jesus's love. And he's willing not only to go to prison for God and for the name of Jesus Christ, but to die for him. Amen? Amen. Now we'll look at how God desires us not only to love him, 
but to fear him. And so follow me to the book of Genesis, chapter 22. In verse 2, God tells Abraham, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So you know the story. Abraham obeys God the Father, and he takes Isaac and a couple servants, and they take their journey. And now we're going to read what the Lord tells Abraham, starting at verse 10. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. You see, he feared God. He doesn't say here, now I know you love me. No. He says, now I know you fear me. It's important, brothers and sisters, that we fear God. It's important that we know just who God is. Amen? Amen. If you remember in Exodus, when God approaches Moses and wants him to go to Egypt and deliver the Israelites out of the land, Moses says to God, well, what should I say to these people who sent me? And he says, I am who I am. Tell them I am sent you. You understand? People have a misconception of who God is. God is God. He is who he is. And we don't change him. We don't make him and mold him into whatever we want God to be, brothers and sisters. Do you understand? To look at an example of why we should fear God is... If we look at 1 Chronicles 21.1, Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. And verse 7 it reads, And God was displeased with this thing. Therefore he struck Israel. And verse 14, So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell. They died, brothers and sisters, in three days. 70,000 Israelites died because it angered God that David got puffed up with pride and wanted to count all the Israelites. But in 2 Samuel 24, it talks about the exact same event. And it says, and again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. So, 70,000 innocent Israelites did not die in those three days. 70,000 Israelites that had sinned against God died in those three days because God explains his anger was aroused against Israel. In most of the time frame of David's kingdom, 
they obeyed the Lord. But in this particular time, they had fallen. And David probably had started to get into sin prior to having his captain Joab go and number the Israelites and got puffed up with pride. And so it angered God so much. You don't want to anger God ever, brothers and sisters, ever, ever. Amen? Amen. So turn with me to the book of John, chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers doing business. And when he had found a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. And in Matthew 21, it talks about the same event. And in verse 13, he says to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves. Brothers and sisters, we saw in the old text where if you anger God the Father, his wrath was upon them and he killed them 70,000 in three days. Here we see Jesus, meek and humble here on this planet to die for our sins, for our penalty. But it doesn't stop Jesus from getting angry here and showing his wrath with a whip. And I'm telling you, he struck them with that whip to get them to flee out of the temple area. Because God's house is a house of prayer. We have to respect that, brothers and sisters. Amen? Never make jokes inside the church. Never do anything disrespectful to God inside his church when you go in. When you're in the parking lot, you can joke around, okay? But not in his temple, not in his church, all right? All right. One more passage. Turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter six, verse seven. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Amen, brothers and sisters. So you, you have to understand, okay? No one can escape what the Lord says here. You reap what you sow. Remember Job. Right? This is what the Word of God says about Job in the first chapter, verse 8. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Now you know, brothers and sisters, that here, 
He's saying that Job is the most righteous person on the planet and he fears God. But God, I am who I am, allows Satan to inflict him with pain and suffering like no one else in the Bible, right? He gets all his animals stolen. His seven sons and three daughters are killed. He's inflicted with pain and suffering from the balls of his feet to the top of his head with boils, right? God can do whatever he wants, brothers and sisters. So if you have fallen into sin because you have a misconception of who God is, which is unfortunate, many people do, change, repent, turn from your sinful ways and fear God and please him and do his will. Amen.